You're listening to Sourced with Stu Finer. Thank you for joining us on Labor Day Saturday night. It's the last weekend of the summer pretty much to party, even though obviously it won't become fall until the 21st of September. But this is Saturday night, ready to roll. Florida State number three is playing number one Alabama on national TV in Atlanta, Georgia. That's my best bet tonight. So hopefully while you're watching that game, the sound is off and you're listening to my podcast. And again, hi folks, Stu Finer. Thank you very much for joining us on our fourth podcast. I know how competitive my industry is for listening to a podcast, so I appreciate your ear, I appreciate your time, I appreciate your trust, and I appreciate your love. And we're coming off an epic Friday where one of the best Fridays of my life, I was honored to have Barstool Sports roll into my backyard, and I'm on their podcast, the number one podcast in the world, on iTunes called Pardon My Take. I will be on with Big Cat and PFT and with Hank on the mic and recording it on Monday, so make sure you listen to Pardon My Take, your source to finder will be honored by being on the third time on Pardon My Take. That's Monday, actually on Labor Day. Please listen to it, and obviously every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, listen to Pardon My Take. It's the number one podcast in the world, basically because there's nobody more talented, and there's nobody sexier than Big Cat and PFT, and no one does a better job on the engineer end of Hank. So, Let's get down to business. First of all, it's the first slate of college football. I hope you did well this morning and this well this afternoon, and I hope your bets are going to be lucrative for this evening. And then obviously we have college football on Sunday and Monday, and the NFL season starts up on Thursday where the Super Bowl champs, the New England Patriots, are at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. That should be an epic game on Thursday kicking off the 2017-2018 NFL season. Now, obviously the Patriots are going to be tough to be beaten again to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, and obviously they'll be tough to beat to win the Super Bowl. They are the odds-on favorite right now in Nevada and in the hearts of Massachusetts and pretty much half of the world as the epic legendary number one quarterback that's ever lived, Thomas Brady, and the best coach that's ever lived, Bill Belichick, tries to win another Super Bowl. Just phenomenal what they've done, phenomenal what they've put together, and really, who's going to stop them in the AFC? Can the Kansas City Chiefs stop them? Possibly, but probably not. Now, can the Cincinnati Bengals stop them? Probably not, because... Andy Dalton has choked in his biggest moments. He has a pathetic playoff performance record, and pretty much it should not change this year. Can the Pittsburgh Steelers stop the New England Patriots? Uh, Definitively, yes, but that will take the Pittsburgh Steelers' secondary playing out of their mind. It will take 
incredible pressure being put on Thomas Brady. And also, Le'Veon Bell, the best offensive player in the NFL, has to be healthy and has to be playing at peak form down the stretch. And there's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts to that. So I would profess right now, Steelers cannot knock off the Patriots. Now, are there other teams in the AFC that could give the Patriots some trouble? Maybe on certain games, maybe for two or three quarters, but for a four-quarter set, it's going to be hard to really beat the Patriots. The over-under on their win total is 12 and a half. You probably figure they're going to win anyway between 12, 13, 14 games. I would say closer to 12 without Julian Edelman. Edelman will not be the difference of them making the playoffs or representing the AFC in the Super Bowl, or for that matter, winning the Super Bowl. But it probably is the difference from them winning 16, 15, 14, 13 games, or 12 games. We'll clock the Patriots at 12 and 4. The only team that's going to make a run at the Patriots, the only team that is locked and loaded to really upset the Patriots will be the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders on both sides of the ball are tremendous. Young quarterback, young prolific receivers. They now can run the ball with Marshawn Lynch. Their defense puts tremendous pressure on the quarterback. Their secondary is better than average. Their cornerbacks are better than average. They have a great coach, and they're ready to win it all. So I say in Mexico City, when Oakland plays New England, that will be an AFC Championship playoff preview. And I still say that the Patriots squeak by the Oakland Raiders to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. NFC's probably wide open. Obviously, the Falcons are the best team coming back. I mean, listen, Patriots did not win the Super Bowl. The Atlanta Falcons lost the Super Bowl. The Atlanta Falcons did everything possible to give the Patriots the Super Bowl. Now, the Patriots had to play defense at a 28-3 deficit with three minutes left in the third quarter. The Patriots' defense had to have stop after stop after stop, and they did. And Bill Belichick called a perfect fourth quarter, a perfect three minutes left into the third quarter. But if the Atlanta Falcons did not choke the worst choke I ever saw. If their play calling wasn't an abortion at worst, at best it was beyond horrific, the Atlanta Falcons would have been Super Bowl champs. But as we saw, Patriots made every play, Falcons made every mistake, Falcons choked, Falcons gave the Patriots a Super Bowl. So now, the Atlanta Falcons are going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. They have a phenomenal defense. They have a great offense. They have a great quarterback. But I don't think they're going to get there. I just do not think they're going to get there. I think they'll choke again in the moment of truth. And the Dallas Cowboys are locked and loaded. Both sides of the ball, best offensive line maybe ever. They can do it all. They protect the quarterback. They can run the ball. On defense, they're good enough to win the Super Bowl. I just do not see it happening. Can the Minnesota Vikings stun some people? Probably not. Can the Lions finally win some playoff games and make some noise? Probably not. Are there other sleeper teams out there in the NFC? Can the Panthers rebound? Can the Saints go on an epic run? Probably not. The team I'm looking at to really make some noise coming out of the NFC East. Now, can the Washington Redskins make a run? Yes, they're that good. Absolutely, they're that good. And Kurt Cousins is that good. I just don't see it happening. 
So the team that I think that you could bet on right now to win the Super Bowl, to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, obviously to win the NFC East is the New York Giants. I think the Giants will face the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I think the Giants will beat them. I think Eli Manning's team is unbelievably loaded. The offensive game that they have is incredible. Brandon Marshall brings so much to that offense, so much to the team, so much to the locker room, so much to the chemistry that he might be offensive player of the year. He's that good. He's that good of a possession receiver. He runs the short route amazing. He can catch the deep ball. He can beat any one-on-one coverage. He's a man-child most of the time, he will never drop the ball. He has hands of glue. He's a money player. And inside the red zone, he's fucking money. I believe he will open the Giants' offense up where they'll be unstoppable. They might be the best offensive team in the NFL. And I know a lot of you are saying, Stu, are you on drugs? No, I'm not on drugs. And you know that because I've been squeaky clean since July because I'm running the New York City Marathon. Oh, by the way, I ran 16.1 this week. I ran 40 miles this week and I'm on pace to run the marathon in under four hours and 40 minutes. The over-under I'm going to put out right now is four hours and 30 minutes and I would bet under. I have run 16 and 14, with which are the two longest runs I have. I'm going to run 18 next week, then 20, then 22, and then I'm going to rest a couple of weeks and then run the marathon. It's on Sunday, November, I think it's November 4th or November 5th. But I'm going to run it and I'm going to try the best I can. I can't tell you 100% I'm going to do it because I never ran more than 16 miles, but I did that pretty easily, even though my legs were sore and my body feels like a 56-year-old old man, but I did it. So let's get back to, do, am I on drugs? No. Am I eating squeaky clean? Yes. Am I in the best shape of my life? Yes. Can I fuck for an hour? Come fuck for another hour. Come and stay hard for about 30 more minutes. Fuck yes. Do I eat clit and lick ass better than most porn stars in the world? Yes. Obviously I'm a hobbit at five, four and three quarters. So there's nothing I could do about that, but no one has ever done more with less, and I'll say that honestly. So getting back to the prediction that the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl, I'm not on drugs. I am cold sober. I am in the right state of mind. I am Stu Finer, and you're fucking not. I predicted the Patriots to win the Super Bowl last year. I predicted the Broncos to win the Super Bowl two years ago. I've won 10 out of 12 championship games in all four major sports, baseball, football, basketball, hockey. For free, mind you, on Twitter and on Facebook. I've hit 60% of my free winners on Twitter and on Facebook over the last 12 months, which is absolutely astounding. So when I say something, you have to say, well, Stu did say it. He has been amazing. For free, documented, for free before the games happen. He's picked 10 of 12 closeout championship games. So you got to really take heed in what he's saying. Might not always be right. Might not agree. But if Stu Finest says it, you got to take notice and make a check mark. And right now I say the New York Giants will win the Super Bowl. I say that Jason Pierre-Paul will win the MVP. He will win of the Super Bowl. He will win comeback player of the year. And he will be in the top three for defensive player of the year. And Spagnola, Spags, I think he'll have a phenomenal job running the defense again. He has more players this year. They're used to his scheme. 
his blitzing scheme. He can confuse anybody. He's proven he can confuse Tom Brady, and the Super Bowl's already beat him. And I believe that Spagnola will again have the defense ready. I think the offense will be ready, and the Giants will win the Super Bowl. So the Giants are going to represent the NFC. Patriots AFC in Minnesota. It'll be in cold Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And that's where the Super Bowl is in Minnesota. I think it's in Minneapolis. And that's their new stadium. And me and my wife are going there. And I'm trying to talk her into ice fishing, which she said, no fucking way. And she said, I'd rather just stay in a hotel room with you and fuck. I said, let's do some ice fishing. She said, no, you're not getting me on a lake with ice so you can try to kill me. So you can fuck all these young women that want to be on your cock. I said, honey, there's no way to kill anybody in this day and age because there's cameras everywhere. There's eyes in the sky and I do love you unconditionally. Although I wouldn't mind fucking all these young women and middle-aged women that are on my dick that want to fuck me. And how do I know they want to fuck me? Well, I have over a million views a day on Snapchat. I have over 14,000 customers on Snapchat Probably 10,000 of them don't even know what I do for a living, but they love my body and they love my dick and they love to fuck me. And a lot of them are women. And they tell me they want to fuck me by sending naked pictures on a daily basis. So much so that I started blocking anyone that sends a naked picture on Snapchat. Now you're only allowed to show me your eyes and show me your hair because how I rate a woman is eyes and hair. Eyes number one, hair number two. Then ass is number three, and then the box, because I'm a box man, number four. Tits are useless, hips are useless, not, not really, not my game. Love eyes, love hair, love the ass. I like a thin ass, and I love the box. I'm a box man. I like to lick clit, eat pussy, and eat ass. Love it, love it, love it. So again, Super Bowl being Minnesota, New York Giants will upset the New England Patriots, I'm making the line right now. Patriots will be a three and a half point favorite and Giants will beat them. Giants will beat them. So that's what the NFL looks like. Uh, college football is wide open. Wide open. One of my upsets is probably going to be Penn State because I think they have the best coach in college football. I think they, ha they have an, a tremendous coaching staff. For them to be down and out and their whole organization destroyed and their football team destroyed and shamed and embarrassed, from the Sandusky and Paterno and losing all their players. The rebuilding process that they went through is second to none. They had USC beat. They have an unbelievable quarterback, an unbelievable defensive coordinator, a, the best coach in college football, a great scheme. And if anyone can upset Alabama, Florida State, Ohio State, USC, it'll be Penn State. No big surprise because everybody watched the Rose Bowl last year and everybody knows that Penn State had USC dead and USC came from behind. So college football is wide open. I'm just going to throw one big upset out there and that's going to be Penn State to win it all. And obviously we're in September right now. So now we're going to solidify all the divisions, solidify all the wild cards. Come October, we have World Series baseball. Playoff baseball does not really get any better. The NBA season starts really early this year, October 17th. NHL starts even earlier than that. College, college basketball starts November 10th. And obviously, we roll into the NFL season starting 
on Thursday with the Patriots at home against the Chiefs. Now, before we get right down into it, I just want to say that you must watch me on Snapchat because my Snapchat is drop dead fucking funny. I'm innovative. I'm creative. I'm one of a kind. I do a lot of really funny things. I do a ton of snaps all day. So I'm talking about I do 50, 60, 70 snaps. And I get 14,000 people watching every single fucking snap and they love it. And it's a full-time business now because I have to really open like 2,000 to 2,500 snaps a day because first of all, people are trying to pay me because some of them love what I do for a living, which is pick more winners than anybody else, even though it's the hardest thing in the world to do, which is pick winners. I pick more than anybody else. Let me just say that. And I've already professed in my industry that my industry is a bunch of scams, liars, thieves, whores, should be shot should be in jail, don't ever trust them. Don't trust anybody on TV, don't trust anybody on the radio, don't trust anybody that advertises in a newspaper. They're looking to rob you, reorder you, bump you, so stay away from them. And I would say you're better served with me because I'm gut level honest. You're speaking to the owner, you're only speaking to me, and that's it. The only two people you're speaking to is me and my son Alex, and sometimes my son Ryan. And that's really how we roll. We're going to have a live Facebook show starting either next Saturday or the following Saturday. I think it's going to be next Saturday. We'll have a live Facebook show from 10 to 10.30 or 10 to 11 Eastern. Where I'll be giving free picks, making you laugh, and going over the card Saturday and Sunday to help you. My son Alex is also going to be on my website to deal with the smaller players. So that we'll have a smaller price point for the smaller players selling games for $5.00. and $20 and packages of $25 so everybody can afford me because I'm not going to drop my prices. My Stu Finder price is that low. Alex will have different games. Alex will also have live betting where he does live bet and he does bet first quarters, second quarters, first halves. He does bet players. He does play fantasy. He plays WNBA. He plays it all. And again, he's younger than me, you know, half my age, 26. So he can relate to all you people out there that are 12 to 26, 12 to 30 that have played video games your whole life because he's great at seven or eight video games. He also is a pretty decent poker player, makes 30, 40, 50,000 a year playing poker at Foxwoods, Atlantic City, and Vegas. So Alex will be on the website to cater to the smaller players that just can't afford my price point. We have a new face at StuFinder.com. You can go to StuFinder.com and see it. Also, BeLikeStu.com is selling my shirts, my mugs. It'll be selling my ass towels, my cum towels, and my vibrator that's coming out. So we have a lot of amazing things happening, a lot of amazing things ready to roll for the year upcoming. And I'm looking forward to the best NFL season of my life. I'm looking for the best college football season of my life. And if you've been with me since April, you know my baseball second to none. Second to none. My overall body of work has been absolutely phenomenal. I'm hitting close to 60%, which my average take price getting back of $1.21. Average price, $1.21. I'm hitting almost 60% using almost all underdogs of $1.20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 or better, which is unprecedented. I'm in the top 1% of the world as far as picking winners. You might not believe it, but that's fucking true. And that's reality. And I'm exposed and like I'm a plate of glass, transparent every fucking day. So again, 
I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'm going to tell one of the greatest stories ever. And like I said, rolling into the Super Bowl in Minnesota, I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to explain to you why I think the Giants are going to beat the Patriots. And I think the story that I have on tap today about the mafia trying to take over my business is second to none. So I love you. God bless you. Please spread the word sauce at Stufina. Please follow me on Twitter at Stu Sauce, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat Stufiner. Buy my shirts, be like Stu.com. Get the word out. I'm Stu Finer. You're fucking not. Get the word out. Let's rock and roll. Let's have an amazing Labor Day weekend. Let's close it out strong. And now I'm going to tell you a story that if I didn't tell it to you, you would not believe it's real. Like if I didn't tell you it's a fact and I'm not going to exaggerate anything, the person telling it, you would say they're full of shit. But since you know I'm not full of shit, since you know I tell it like it is, since it's already been documented in my book, Betcha I Can, you'll know it to be true. And if you haven't read my book, Betcha I Can, I mean, it was written like on a fourth grade level. And you could probably read the 200 and some odd pages in the book in about an hour and a half, two hours. And it's one motherfucking roller coaster ride. Because I wrote the book, A, to save my life, B, to start a new life. And C, to see if I can get anybody's attention to write another movie about my industry. Because obviously, Two for the Money was written from a disgruntled employee standpoint working for me. Betcha I Can would have been the real story about my life and my escapades and my highs and lows and my roller coaster ride to the top and the bottom and the top and the bottom and the top again. But that actually didn't happen. But the book was written and it's a lot of fun and it's very enjoyable, and it's not in-depth, and it goes quick, and it leaves out a lot, but I have never, ever met someone that didn't love the book. Never. So betcha I can. Obviously, I sell it at stewfinder.com on my website, so you can get it, purchase it, along with all the shirts that I'm selling right now. I think I have a link, uh, belikestew.com. We're eventually going to put them on the website. We have a new face for the website, which I've switched faces in the last month. So we have a new face, very sharp, very Vegas-like, you know, nice coloring, and uh, I like it. And we have a couple of new logos that are coming out, and I like them too. They're on the site too. And so I have shirts at belikestew.com right now. I sell the book. I'll sign the book for you, personalize it. You know, it's definitely worth the money. And any of the shirts that I have are worth buying. And I have a mug. It's a lot of fun, you know, fun stuff. And it's just going to be getting better and better and better. And uh, through Snapchat, if you follow me on Snapchat, you'll also know that I have an ass towel coming out so that before you eat your wife's ass or your girlfriend's ass or your Girl, you're cheating on's ass, or if they eat your ass, you wipe your ass first so it's clean. I like a dirty ass, but that's me. And I also have a cum towel coming out where 
Like, for example, after you come, you know, the come comes out of your girl's pussy, woman's pussy, or sometimes if they don't swallow their mouth, you know, what are you going to spit it on? What are you going to wipe it with? A shirt? So I'm going to create a cum towel shirt. That's coming out too. And then also a vibrator with my face on it. And my tongue will be able to not go up your vagina, but will be able to hit your clitoris and you'll be able to come. It'll be really nice. So those are things that are happening. You'll be seeing them on my website at stewfinder.com. Uh, right now, the link be like stew.com. You can buy everything, B-E-L-I-K-E-S-T-U.com. And you can go every day to the website to see what I have going. Or you could follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you're not following me on Snapchat, you're really missing one motherfucking funny guy, which is me. I'm so funny on Snapchat. I'm original. No one does what I do. No one can even copy it if they fucking want to. Because I'm Stu Finer and you're fucking not. And that's one of the lines that I use. I'm Stu Finer and you're fucking not. And the other one is lick clit, eat ass, and fuck like Stu Finer. And another one is no second chances for the men and women. Any abuse, physical, verbal, anything that's wrong in the relationship, get rid of your partner. Bye-bye. No second chances. And of course, I profess to the women out there, the women who follow me on Snapchat that are part of Stu Nation, are goddesses. And we have to treat the women like goddesses. You want to kiss their ass. You don't ever want to get loud with them. You don't ever lose your patience with them ever. And I'm talking ever. I'm talking never, ever, ever. Because men, our goal in life is to eat ass, lick clit, and fuck, and come. Well, the more you kiss your significant other's ass, the more you're going to come. So I would profess forever, that's the person you want to bond with. So on Snapchat, this is my motto and my mantra. My Snapchat's Stu Finer. Facebook is Stu Finer, Instagram is Stu Finer, and Twitter is Stu Source. Getting back to the story, 1982, I'm 21 years old, and I opened my business. I worked for a couple of companies earlier that were offshoots from uh, the Professor Ed Horowitz, may he rest his soul in heaven. Ed is on the East Coast. He invented uh, the sports service industry. And then I took it to a new level. Ed couldn't really hold any of his people because he was just snorting too much coke and was just out of his fucking mind. So everybody left him. All his great salesmen left him. And he taught a lot of people a lot of things, including me. And I went to work for an offshoot of him and then I left there, went to another place, left there, and opened my own business. And I opened my business with a partner. And my partner was 43. So I was 21, he was 43. And we worked at a building which we rented two desks next to each other with a bathroom. It must have been like 300 square feet. No more than that, and it was a common bathroom. Well, really only for us, so I don't, it's not actually common, but there was other, there was like four other offices that were empty that if anybody was in them, they would have shared this bathroom, but there was nobody in them. So we walked up the steps and we were on a second floor and we had room for growth because we had high aspirations, big ideas, which came to fruition. 
And it was just me and my partner. And we were desks against each other. And we faced each other. And we just dialed the telephone. Because in 1982, the way you made sales was to sell on the telephone. There were millions and millions of telephone salesmen throughout the world. And me and my partner were as good as there was. Confidence flowed through our bodies, through the phone, and we sold. And we were both the stars and the boy wonders of the places that we worked at beforehand. So when we came together, we were a monster operation. And within a year now, within 12 months, we went from writing 2,000 a week to 2.5 million a year. 2,000 a week. Within less than 12 months, we were writing over 45,000 a week. I would say that's pretty good. Now, early into the business, we were about to go out of business because like any business at the beginning, shit hits fans. Everything that could go wrong does go wrong. Everything that you would never figure could not work absolutely does not work. The worst situation possible in the world happens. And it was a fucking nightmare. So my partner was a degenerate horse gambler. And he ran some amazing winning streaks, mind you. So we bet a horse at Belmont called Flippy Doo. We have about $9,000 worth of bills. We have two grand in the bank account. We take two grand out of the bank account and we put 2000 on Flippy Doo, which proceeds to win wire to wire to wire. We bring back 14000 pay the 9000 worth of bills, put five grand in the bank. And we motherfucking roll like nobody's business. We build the business up. We have 40 people working for us. And we take all four offices on the second floor of this building, 609 Route 109 in West Babylon. We have about 4,000 square feet now. And we have the best salesmen in the world. We're rolling. We're rocking. Now, to get to our second floor... On the first floor, you walk through a door, and on the left is this tiny little office, maybe 400 square feet. Straight ahead is another office, 400 square feet, and to the right is another office about 900 square feet. 900 square feet had a dentist. The other 500 square feet had some sort of advertising agency. And the first office on the left had these two guys, heavy set man and a very thin man. And... They played cards every Friday or Saturday, and for the first two months, really had no interaction with them besides hello, hello, hello. Then after about three months, they started seeing us hire people, and they asked what we did, and we told them. And they, for some reason, did not like my partner, because he was an older man, their age, and when he started making money, big money, he had one of these fuck you attitudes. Like, I'm better than you, fuck you. So he was like 42, 43. Meanwhile, I'm a 21-year-old kid, so I never had that fucking attitude because who the fuck am I? I'm a young kid. And now all of a sudden, you know, in year one of my business, I'm making close to $300,000. My end. 
plus perks, plus God only knows what we had. It was ridiculous. So all of a sudden, after about four months, they called me into their office and they told me what they did for a living, which was supply dancers to strip joints on Long Island, Suffolk and Nassau County. Now, strippers now, if you could think in your head, are drop-dead gorgeous. If you're going to be a stripper and you're going to dance in a nightclub right now or a strip club, you got to be at least a seven and a half, more like an eight and a half. A lot of them are nine and a halfs, and then the elite clubs are tens. Well, these strippers were fucking drug addicts, crack addicts, heroin addicts, and they were fucking gross. The girls that he provided to clubs were like D clubs, maybe e, maybe E. So A is the best, B second best, C, you're barely going to go in, D, you would only go in the most seediest place ever if you're desperate, and then E, you could get shot. It was fucking scary. So he provided like D and E girls. They were pretty fucking ugly. They weighed about 90 pounds with no tits, and they were fucking gross. But my salesman upstairs would fuck a hole in the wall. You know what I'm saying? Back then, there's no internet, there's no porn, there's nothing. You have Playboy, Penthouse, and you have Screw Magazine. That's about it. And, you know, people didn't talk about sex. They didn't talk about porn on TV. People were not provocative. You barely kissed on TV. You never tongue-kissed ever on TV. So it was a very prudish America, like America probably still is now, not like Europe and not like the rest of the world. Very prudish. People can walk around naked in other parts of the country, other, excuse me, other parts of the world, not a big deal. In the United States, very prudish, very prudish country to this day. Getting better, getting much better, but still prudish. But then, in 1982, holy fuck. It was ridiculous. Almost criminal. So, he would send the girls upstairs, and all my guys would fuck them. And, I mean, they were fucking disgusting. They were absolutely gross. I mean, <laughs> just fucking gross. Like, a couple of my salesmen, I remember coming out of rooms where they fucked the girls and ate them, and there was blood all over their mouths where they couldn't even see what they were fucking because the lights were off. These guys were eating girls through their periods. It was fucking disgusting. It was gross. It really was. Now, not to say that I have not ate girls through their periods because I have, definitively have, no issue about it. You know, more than 20, 30 occasions. So I'm not saying I'm holier than thou and I'm not saying I'm not a pig because I am and I'll eat anything. You know, my classification for not eating something is if you have a dick, I'm not going to eat you. If you don't have a dick, I'll probably eat you. That's probably it. But, so this place provided women two strip joints. And they owned a couple of strip joints. And we were friends with them, and it was a lot of fun. And on the weekends and at nights, late at night, you know, it would be fucking a ridiculous situation. Where after work, everybody fucked these disgusting pigs. And that's how it went for about seven months on end. All of a sudden, out of the blue, all of a sudden, everything changed in this little office where somebody that was away came out 
of being locked up. And all of a sudden, the talent in that room changed. Where they were two, threes, and fours, all of a sudden it became eights, nines, and tens. And this guy introduced himself to me, loved me from Jump Street, got such a kick out of me. And the girls upstairs became really fucking sweet. Like, holy fuck, like, wow. Like, is this really happening? Is this a fucking dream? They started having a big card game downstairs. And we were having problems like every business does when it grows and it gets bigger. Jealousy, who's not making the money they think they should be making, who should be getting a piece of the action, who now is running part of the new business and not doing a good job. So we got to cut pay on people, take away things that we promised. And you get out animosity and you get jealousy and then people want revenge. So, some of our employees start playing in this poker game downstairs in the card game. And now they're playing with the individual that, as it turns out, is a made guy. And he's a bad motherfucker. And the rumor has it that, you know, he was, he was in jail for 17 years for killing several people. And it turned out to be true. So that's the last person you're ever going to fuck. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the last person you're ever going to shun. Matter of fact, you will go out of your motherfucking way to kiss their ass and show respect because, first of all, they commanded out of fear for your life. And second of all, they commanded out of fear because you don't want to die. So really, one and two are pretty much the same thing. But I love the fucking guy and the guy loved me. I had no issue with the guy. Guy went out of his way, talked to me, share with me, said any problems I ever have, come to him, blah, blah. But there was a fucking problem because he hated my fucking partner and my fucking partner hated him. My partner thought he was a piece of shit, a loser and a lowlife and treated him like that, openly. And this guy was about to fucking blow a fuse. And you combine that with a, a disgruntled employee specifically that had the same feeling of my partner. And now you had a real problem here. A real motherfucking problem. So here's how it started. First, the individual, the made guy, asked me, really told me, hey, listen, I got a buddy that needs a job. I want him to work for you. So, of course, I said, no problem. Whatever you need, whatever you want, I'm yours. I tell it to my partner. My partner says, no fucking way is that guy ever working here. I hate him, and, and it's not going to be good. I'm like, well, listen, I gave him, I gave him my word. I, what would you like me to do? You go downstairs and tell him he can't have a fucking job. I'm not. So, P.S., the next day, the new employee came to us. And I swear to God on my children's eyes, hope they die right now. Hope I go blind. This fucking guy is 6'8", 340, and was Luca Brazzi's clone from The Godfather. He had hands that each finger, legit, were 12 inches. And they were like three inches wide. Like each finger was as big as someone's dick. 
And this guy was a monster and absolutely could not sell. Absolutely was not there to sell, to perform, to get a job. After two hours, we knew what he was doing and he was surveying our place, looking at everything that was said, that was done. And in those days, in 1982, we wrote everything we did on the board. So every dollar that was made, you don't have to be a rocket science to figure out how much money we're doing. It wasn't rocket science. You did not have to be a rocket scientist. You looked at the board. So when the board started seeing 60,000 a week, 80,000 a week, 130,000 a week, and we started rolling, that was reported back to downstairs. And oddly enough, the minute this guy started working for me, our business tripled. So we went from like 40,000 a week to 120,000 a week. And he was there three weeks. And he saw the money and he saw the cash and he saw everything. And it was a sight to be seen. Matter of fact, we were the number one company in the world in 1982. So all of a sudden, this individual reports to his boss downstairs. And one day the boss grabs me and says, uh, you ever have any problems upstairs? I said, no, no problems. He says, I hear you're doing really well. And I'm getting nervous, but, you know, like, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm fucking 21. What the fuck am I going to do? So I said, yeah, we're, we're doing real well. And, he, and the guy says, well, if you have anything, any problems, anybody bothers you, you know, reach out to me. I'm like, thank you. I love you. God bless you. And by the way, to show my appreciation for you giving my buddy a job, uh, I want you to come with me tonight. Where are we going? Don't worry about it. So, I knew this was going to be a problem. I knew this was going to be a serious problem. I wasn't really feared for my life because this guy loved me. You know, when someone loves you, you don't got to worry. And I was not worried. But I knew it was going to be a problem in some way, shape, or form. And sure, it fucking was. So, we go to this club. And I'm telling you right now, he provided for me the hottest women you ever saw in your life. When I say they were 11s, they probably were 12s. And I had three. One after another after another. And it was, holy fuck, a scary situation. And it was fucking crazy. And then, it was nuts. I mean, I just cannot explain what went down and how it went down. But it did go down. So then after we're done, I'm like, oh my God, that was amazing. And then the next day, the same exact situation. Go out with him, hang out with him. And again, three different ones. 11s, 11s, 11s. Back-to-back nights, three women a night. Holy fuck. Unbelievable. Incredible, in fucking sane. Just insane. Just fucking insane. When I say insane, think of the craziest fucking situation, and that's it. So then all of a sudden, he says to me the next morning, 
back-to-back nights I'm going out with him. I said, I can't, really can't do this anymore. i got to go to work, and I made some excuse. He asked me for a third night. I blew it away. Couldn't do it. So then the fourth night comes, and he says, you know, your partner's a real piece of shit. He's not treating people right. He's disrespecting me. Mind you, my partner now bought like, I don't know, at the time it was a ton of money, like $20,000 worth of jewelry. Pinky rings, wristwatches, gold chains with diamonds. It was nuts. And he flaunted it to everyone. Because it's the first time in his life he started making real money and he was fucking everything that walked too. And he was single. And... You know, got an apartment, upgraded his whole life. And he just he just couldn't get along with this guy. Just could not get along with him. And I knew it was going to be a real problem. And the maid guy said to me, you know, he's a fucking piece of shit. So I knew this was going to be a problem. I go upstairs, talk to my partner, say, you got to be mellow here because this is going to be an issue. And of course, my partner said, fuck him. He's a piece of shit. He's a criminal. So, next day, I I come into work an hour late. And no one's on the phone. It's like 40 people. No one's on the phone. Everybody's just fidgeting, and I know something's fucking wrong. So, I go into my partner's office, which was the same as my office. We shared an office. And he wore a toupee, because he was bald. And it's fucking disheveled. And his face is red, and he got fucking beat up. Looks like someone beat him up. So I say, what the fuck happened to you? And he says to me, what do you think happened to me? Look at what fucking happened to me. I'm like, what does that mean? He says, well, two people came up here. They said that this is their business now. This is their territory that they own me and our place. And I'm going to start paying them every fucking week, whatever they want. This is not a movie. This is Stu Viner's real life right now. My eyes are open. My heart starts beating. I'm ready to violently get sick. Like, I can't breathe. I'm sick being like on a bluefish charter boat 20 foot swells that's sick no escape that's sick because this is real right now this is so real I said exactly what happened he says well one guy immediately came in smashed my fucking face into the fucking desk then the guy grabbed me and smacked me like six different times then the other guy punched me in the stomach three times Then the other guy kicked me in the balls. And then they grabbed my fucking hair and tried to rip my toupee off and threatened me for 10 fucking minutes. I'm like, oh my fucking God. I'm like, what do we fucking do? So now I'm fucking so sick. I go to the bathroom. I have to get something to eat. So I go downstairs. And of course, who do I see? And he literally says to me, how's everything upstairs going? And I'm like, uh, I got I to gotta get something to eat. And I don't even say anything. Because we knew it was him. We absolutely knew it was him. It was definitively him. There was no issue about who it was, why it happened, how it happened. And now we got a real fucking problem. This is a serious fucking problem. This is a major fucking problem. So I immediately 
go home, tell my father, where my father immediately takes me and we buy like six shotguns and load the shotguns up. My father comes to the office, gives me a shotgun, puts it under my desk, puts it under Tony's desk, puts it under the four managers' desks, which two of the managers at that moment quit. They quit. They leave. They quit. They literally quit. They were quitting before I we put the guns under their desk, but now the shotguns are loaded under their desk. My father showed everybody how to shoot, how to do it. They left. The other salesmen were into it. They were like, let's fucking go. I'm like, let's go what? I'm, I would never shoot this gun. I am not doing that. My father goes to fucking the store. He gets bulletproof glass. And he bulletproofs all the windows in our office where there was like 40 windows. My father now becomes like uh, fucking Bob the Builder. And my father's plan was we just sleep at the office. I'm like, well, how is that going to fucking work, Pop? He goes, don't worry about it. Just fucking sleep here. My father says, I have a couple of friends in Brooklyn. I'll go see. I'm like, Dad, that's not happening. You're not seeing this. I said, what can we do? And I knew that we had an uncle that wasn't a real uncle, but he was a friend. And he was high up in the police. And I said, can we get advice from him? So, of course, that night, after my father works around the clock, putting this bulletproof plexiglass on like like maybe 15 windows. And my father's buying knives and all sorts of crazy shit. I'm like, dad, are you really serious? He's like, Stu, you know, it's fucking a business. You got to do what you got to do here. I'm like, what do you mean you got to do what you got to do? These fucking people are bad people. I'm fucking 21 years old. I, I don't want to die. I mean, it's nuts. So we go see his buddy and his buddy says, listen, you're in the gambling business. You know, it's their business. It's their type of business. I go, but we're not bookmakers. All we're doing is giving information. He goes, well, they don't know that. They don't care. You got to beef with them. This ain't going to end well. I'm like, fuck me. He, su he suggests get out of the business. He says, get out. Get out now. You got to move out of that place and get out of the business. I'm like, we're making too much money. We can't get out of the business. It's going to take a long time for us to move because in those days, it took weeks to put phones in. It took weeks to get lines. It took weeks, sometimes months. You had to check out even if they could pull them in. Now it's done in a moment. Hook it up to your internet, hook it up to your computer. You know, Vonage, you're in business overnight. Or even T-Mobile, AT&T, Sprint. You know, they jump on things now. Then, no way. Weeks and weeks. And we had like, we had like 80 lines. You know, we needed 20 lines for the customers. We needed lines for the salesmen. We needed lines to verify credit cards. There's no fucking way it's happening. So my partner says that he knows a friend in our business, oddly, that he thinks is connected. So he's going to go reach out to them. So this guy comes to the office. We sit down with him and he says, uh, I can help you. I can solve this problem. My partner is friends with this guy, and we're like, great, that's a great idea. So the next morning, this guy, my partner, and two of this guy's friends drive to Brooklyn. And they meet another made guy. But on the way, on the Bell Parkway, oddly enough, they asked my partner what his home address was. And my partner found that quite disturbing and he didn't trust it so he gives them a fake address not a real address a fake address well 
they get to the guy's house. So it's my partner, my partner's friend, and the two guys that work for my partner's friend. And then they meet the guy. And this guy goes on a rant that my partner said was insane. Starts screaming, yelling that the person that's made the move on our business to try to take it over, get a piece of, get paid every week, however you're going to call it, is a killer. And he's going to kill me, my partner, and he's going to burn the business to the ground because that's his reputation. So my partner, shitting in his fucking pants, comes back and tells me this. And now we're, we're in a real bad spot here because, you know, this guy now confirmed what we already knew, that we had a real major serious life or death problem on our hands. Not going away, never going away. What the fuck are we going to do? So we said, let me sleep on it. And this guy said, he'll come up with a number that we'll have to pay him to make this problem go away. So the next morning, I get into work a little late. And it's the same fucking situation, except the minute I walk in the door, the secretary says 11 people quit. I said, what the fuck happened? Now, people are making two, three, four, five thousand a week. So in 1982, you're not quitting a job that you're making two, three, four, five thousand a week. You're just not, you're never. Some people in a year didn't make that money. I'm legit. You could have bought a gorgeous house for 40 grand then. You spend 60 grand on a house, you're buying a fucking mansion. You could buy the best car in the market for about 12, 13,000, you know, 20,000. You're buying a fucking Rolls Royce for like 60. So you're making two, three, four thousand a week. You're not quitting that job unless something's really fucking wrong. So I'm thinking, what could have happened? I go in the office and my partner is absolutely bloodied. His nose looks like it's broken. Blood is everywhere. Shirt is ripped. Hair piece is off. His face looks like a pulp. It looks like someone smashed his fucking face in with a bat. So this is what happens. Again, Two people come up, threaten his fucking life, tell him that this is his business. They know where he lives. They threaten to come to his house and beat his fucking head in if he doesn't start paying immediately. And they give the fake address. These guys give the fake address. So now we have two problems. The one downstairs, and now my partner's friend who's obviously not a friend, his people just made a move on us. So now we have two people trying to make a move on us, and my partner's been beat up twice, the second time severely. Thank God I was not there for either time. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, Moses, Allah. I don't know how, but I was not fucking there, and I'm super happy about it. So, what the fuck are we going to do? So now we're immediately fearful of our lives. And we immediately open the yellow pages at the time and call security. So we get the security company coming. We rent two guys round the clock with guns. They watch every move we make. The security guys get a construction company to build a door that upstairs now, when you just were able to walk right up the stairs and right into our 
4,000 square feet that we had. Now we get a guy, construction, we tell him we need it yesterday, we don't care the price. He builds a wall, he builds a steel fucking door, he puts a camera there, he puts a buzzer, he puts one of those see-through eye things, and then we get another security guard that has that's at the door, buzzes people in and out. This all happens, mind you, in less than 24 hours. So now we have a problem with people downstairs. Now they see what the fuck's going on. They heard about my partner getting beat. My partner immediately fires the guy downstairs friend, fires him, which this guy did not leave on his own accord. Like, he was smashing desks, he was threatening people, he was yelling at people, and then he eventually left. Because the only reason he left is the two people that were next to us had guns and they were showing guns and he saw it and the security guard at the door buzzes people in and out to a now a metal motherfucking door, if you can believe this now, with a wall that was put up in less than 24 hours, like it was a fucking bank, has a gun. Otherwise, this guy would have fucking probably beat up 20 people that were there. He would have thrown them out windows. It would have been fucking crazy. Thank God he reluctantly went downstairs. They closed the door downstairs. So now they're having a powwow. Now the guy downstairs knows that someone else made a move on us. He knows the whole to-do. Well, P.S. now we're paying at the time, I think, close to $1,500 a day. And this goes on for about a week. And then it's fucking crazy. So listen to how this ends. It's so nuts. Finally, the security guard guy at the door. Now, these other two guys go out with us to lunch. They go out with us to dinner. They put something in our cars. So we check if anybody put a bomb in the car. So we start the cars from a remote station upstairs where it starts the car on its own. They check out the car. They check out the doors. They walk past the guy downstairs and give him like looks because the guns are wide in the open. They're legally allowed to carry them. And this goes on for about a week. So we're now spending like 10000 a week on security. But we're making like 10000 each a week in addition to still paying these guys 10000 Finally, the guy who buzzes people in and buzzes people out says, this is fucking ridiculous. You can't live like this. I go, well, what's our solution? He goes, well, my cousin's husband can solve this problem. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I tell him everything that happened. He goes, well, that was a scumbag. That guy made a move. This is never going to happen. I'll set a meeting up with you if you want, and this will all go away because you're never going to be able to live like this forever. It's never going to happen. You're going to run out of money or something bad's going to happen. So, P.S., we both think about it. We go, let's go. So, someone comes up to us at the time. We explain the whole story, the whole situation. And oddly enough, I sold tickets to this guy's family. And oddly enough, this guy's family at the time, and I'm going back, this is 82, so probably 79 when I was selling concert tickets. I said, if you ever had any problems selling concert tickets, reach out to me, I'll solve the problem. 
and I never thought of it at the time, but the reason he said that is at the time we sold concert tickets at the Coliseum and the Palladium and Madison Square Garden, and things got very, very heated in Capitol Theater, New Jersey, where the crews started coming down and like beating people up. So you would wait online overnight, and then a crew of 20 would come in and cut the line, and there's really nothing you could have done about it. So then they got a crew, we got a crew. They got a bigger crew, we got a bigger crew. And it really escalated into like a whole to-do. So this guy saw what was going on, because I sold him tickets, and said, you ever have a problem, you reach out to me. How things work, let's roll it four years later, or three and a half years later, it's this guy. And this guy says, what you're going to do is you're going to come with me to Brooklyn and it was Queens to be exact. We went to Queens, then we went to Brooklyn. Went to Queens to meet one person and then when we picked up a person, we went to Brooklyn. And we laid the whole story out and then they said, okay, fine, because you're with us and you've been with us and we told you that in 79. Well, now you need us. I'm like, okay. So, it's me, it's this guy, and it's this guy's guy. The, the guy's guy is a captain, and the guy's guy's guy is a major player. A real fucking major player. A bad fucking ass. A killer. A bad fucking guy. Like a really bad guy. Like the guys you see in the fucking movies that are bad, this guy's bad. He's badder than bad. But again, he loved me. Because I'm lovable. I'm funny. I'm honest. I make people laugh. I tell stories. And the main guy could not believe that we made a living doing this. Like, he made me tell him every story that I've ever had. He made me tell him every interaction I've had with every customer, and he still could not believe that people actually paid us for picks. Because he says, how could people be that fucking stupid to pay you for picks? What do you, you know nothing. How do you fucking know anything? And I'm like, well, we study and we use, you know, home underdogs and we use some systems. They're like, and he's like, you're a fucking idiot. How are these people paying you? And he just hysterically laughed every time I told him a story. Every time he saw me, he's like, give me a kid. Fucking rubbed my head, hugged me, kissed him, loved me, grabbed me like I was a dog, introduced me to everybody, said, this guy, you know, this guy's an earner for us. You fucking, this is, this is Stewie, he's a fucking earner, he's a fucking Jew, but he's an earner. He earns for us. You fucking get his back. So I was in like a crowd of people that were killers and murderers and, you know, the baddest motherfuckers ever. But I was in that crew because this guy loved me. And obviously it came with a fucking price. But the price was well worth what we were making and well worth what we had to do. So now the moment of truth. I say, how are we going to solve the problem? So they knew the person in Brooklyn that the second group that beat the fuck out of my partner already. So that was solved in a phone call in front of me. And the person who beat my partner up was hysterical laughing and said, all right, how the fuck did I know? I didn't know he's with you. And that was done. Now, the person downstairs was a little bit of a different story because now we literally had to go to that person and face him. And I said, can't you do it without me? And they said, no, 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 we can't do it without you. Because you're the reason we can do it at all. Because you've been with us since 79. We fucking told you you're with us. 
So now we go with the guy I met, the guy's guy, and we go downstairs. And they said, it's going to be very mellow. It's not going to be a big deal. Well, that was total fucking horseshit. Because we sat down, and these guys, all they fucking did was scream at this other guy. And I literally never made eye contact with anybody. I stared down, and I was waiting for guns to be fucking pulled and shots to be fucking fired, and I was waiting to die. And my heart was literally beating out of my fucking chest, and I was sweating, like, profusely is not a word I would use. Like, as if you took me and threw me in the water, and I was still in the water, that's how fucking scared I was. And all you heard is, this fucking guy's with fucking me! Who the fuck are you to make a move on my fucking guy? Who the fuck are you to not check him out? He's fucking with me, it's on fucking record! This and that, and this went on for, it felt like a fucking eternity. It felt like forever. It felt like, oh my fucking God, what's fucking happening here? And finally, the other guy just said, hey, I didn't know. Because that's how it went then. There was honor then. It was honor in the streets then. This is the 80s. There's no honor no more. It's not how it works. This doesn't even go on anymore because the moment this happened... Now, there'd be a camera filming everything. Everybody would go to jail in eight seconds. Everybody in the office would have filmed what would have happened. And you just can't get away with this shit no more. Even though I'm sure it happens, but much different levels. Much different areas. But it fucking happened then. So, P.S., that's how it was settled. And I became amazing friends and partners with the new group I was with. And they had my back and my ass forever to this day. And it's worked out like a fucking dream, like a motherfucking dream. But didn't start off a dream going through those three weeks of motherfucking hell thinking you're going to die every fucking day. Wasn't funny. Might be funny now. You might be going, holy fuck, but it wasn't fucking funny, and there was nothing fucking funny about it, and then, obviously, we were very, very motivated to get out of that spot as soon as possible, and what happened was, my partner, because he never wanted to see that guy ever again, he immediately took half my crew and rented another part office like uh, five miles away and he eventually ended up really fucking up so we separated completely I eventually bought a building and went on my own and that's really how that relationship ended and we left the building we were in I never saw that guy ever again and never really saw my partner ever again and I built my own empire off of that And, you know, I've been honorable and I'm an honorable guy. You know, I'm basically a street kid. I'm not a smart, book smart guy. I'm street smart. I know how to live in the street. I know how to talk to people in the street. And I know how to talk to people with honor. And I know how to talk to made people. And I know how to do that. Because I had no fucking choice. It was not by fucking choice. It was by survival because I thought I was going to die. So again, we're going back 35 years 
That story was 35 years old. It did not happen to you. It happened to me because I'm Stu Finer and you're fucking not. Now again, pardon my take, rolled into town yesterday. They graciously came to my house. I will be on, pardon my take, Barstool Sports on Monday on the number one podcast in the world, which is, pardon my take, with Big Cat and PFT and Hank filming it and recording it. The best ever, Hank. And we had intern Liam there rolling also, helping us tremendously. And we had Rhea the intern there, adding her certain spice to everything. So make sure you listen on Monday, Memorial, uh, excuse me, Labor Day, two part in my take, like you should every really Monday, Wednesday, Friday when they have their podcast because they're must listen to. It's the best in the, in the industry, the best in the world. They're number one for a fucking reason. They're innovative, they're creative, they're smarter than everybody else, they got more balls than everybody else. They're fucking fearless. And they have the most talent ever. That's why they're Boston Sports and you're fucking not. And they're the best there is. So on Monday, on Labor Day, please listen to Pardon My Take. I'm on the podcast with them. Fucking amazing. This will be my third time on their podcast. The first two, if you did not hear it, were fucking epic. Must listens as this will be a must listen. Because they're extremely funny and they love me and show me a tremendous amount of respect. And obviously I revere them. I give them the most respect. Barstool Sports, everything they do, I fucking love. I can't get enough of because they're amazing. They're talented. They're the best there is. The reason they're amazing is their talent is second, third, fourth, fifth to none. So that's part of my take on Monday that I'll be on. Obviously, spread the word about my podcast, Sourced, S-O-U-R-C-E-D with Stu Finer. Obviously, spread the word about my Snapchat, Stu Finer, obviously spread the word to watch me on all my social media, which is Facebook, Stu Finer, Instagram, Stu Finer, and my Twitter feed, which is Stu Source. My last name is spelled F-E-I-N-E-R. And on my feed over the last two years, my claim to fame is I have won 10 of 12 championships. 10 of 12 championships in all the major sports, baseball, football, basketball, hockey. 10 of 12 for free. I've given you the championship game, that specific game, the closeout game, the game that matters for free. And I've predicted a tremendous amount of games over the last two years, especially on my Twitter feed, for free. And I have over a 60% documented record of free winners for free on Twitter and Facebook. So in other words... Although the hardest thing in the world is to win money gambling, we know that, and 99.9% of the people in my business are scum, whores, liars, thieves. Everybody that has a radio show is scum. Everybody that advertises in the newspaper is scum. 90% of these internet sites, they put up a fake, fake records, whores, liars, and scams. I'm not. Now, in the 80s and 90s, did I do some fucking stupid shit? Fuck yes. Am I Lily White? Fuck no. Was I one of these whores, liars, thieves, and scams? Absolutely. 
but that's in the past. 56 years old right now. You can live and die by my word. You could trust me with your life. I make you laugh. I teach you how to eat ass. I teach you how to lick clit. I teach you how to fuck. I teach you how to get through life with dignity, with respect. I teach you how to treat your women right. Treat women right. And I help you deal with life. Because life is the hardest thing in the world to deal with. And life is really motherfucking hard. But again, let's have a great college football season. Let's start it off with a big day on Saturday. Let's have an amazing Labor Day. Let's have an amazing NFL season. Let's close out baseball strong. I love you. God bless you. And again, the reason my podcast rocks, the reason it's better than everybody else's besides, pardon my take, is I'm still fucking fighter and sure as fuck you're fucking not.